0: Hello everyone, my name is Zachary Rodier and welcome to episode 85 of 614 Check presented by the O-On-Lane here on the Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio Podcast Network. We have a great show for you today and it is Playoff Preview for the Ohio State Women's Hockey Team. We'll talk about their Wisconsin series and how they are going to get ready for the playoffs that start this Friday at OSU Ice Rink as they take on Michigan State. We'll also talk about the men's hockey team getting a split against the number four team in the nation at the time. We'll then get into the Columbus Blue Jackets, their big win on Sunday, the trade they made, and the front office moves they made as well. So let's now get into this week's focus here on 614 Check presented by the o Lane. Enjoy. <music> Time to get into this week's focus here on 614 Check. We'll start with the Ohio State women's hockey team. Of course, they won the Julianne By Cup last week, and as the number one team in the WCHA standings-wise, they are the number one team entering the playoffs as well and playing the eighth seed, um, Bemidji State. And we're going to talk about that in a second, but before they had one more regular season weekend against number two, Wisconsin, the first game, it was Ohio State winning that one 3-1 to one after three unanswered goals. Both teams were scoreless in the first period, but Wisconsin held the momentum as the Badgers had a 19-2 to two shot advantage in the first period. Um, but then Matty Wheeler got the goal for the Badgers in the second, but then the Buckeyes pushed back. Um, McKenna Webster was able to get a goal, and it was Kiara Zanin who got the first one, Jenna Buglioni getting the third goal for Ohio State, and Reagan Kirk making 28 saves in this game. The faceoffs were dead even, 28-28. to the Ohio State Buckeyes were one for three on the power play, and they were perfect on the penalty kill. Moving into the second game, the Buckeyes dropping this one four to two in the final score in that one. Ohio State got the early lead, two goals from Kenzie Hosworth. Um, and then the Badgers got four unanswered goals, two from Casey O'Brien, two from Layla Edwards. Um and, and of course, one of those was the Layla Edwards empty net goal. So it was 3-2 to two, um, for the most part. Amanda Teeley making 20 saves in this game. Um, but it was some backdoor opportunities and um, that allowed these goals at different moments. And at the end of the day, Ohio State, this was a good weekend for them, I think, overall to get some really good experience going into the playoffs. Odds are, Wisconsin's the number two team in the nation. Ohio State's number one. The Buckeyes are either very likely to see them in the final faceoff in Minneapolis in a few weeks, and then possibly in New Hampshire in the Frozen Four. So... Having experience early right into the playoffs, knowing how Wisconsin plays and how these two teams match up is really valuable information for Ohio State. They have two sets of tape now. What went right in the first game? What went wrong in the second game? But a lot of things went right in the second game as well. I mean, it was a really fast start for the Buckeyes in that first period. Flip to the first game where it was a slower start and then a really big push later in the game. If Ohio State can put that first period they had in the second game, and the rest of the game in that first one, then they can have a full 60 minutes of just dominating Wisconsin. They proved that they can do it, but at the same time, getting that loss against Wisconsin also has to put a little bit of fire against Ohio State. They were on a roll, 16 games, they were going, and sometimes going going into the playoffs and getting a little bit of a, I don't want to say wake-up call, but a humbling of, okay, we can lose, We know what happens. We know the feeling of what it's like to lose. We know what went wrong to lead to that loss. And now they can learn from that and say, okay, how does this not happen again? Um, I think it can be a really good motivator for Ohio State uh, of how a loss can really um, give them even more um, jump and want to continue to try and succeed and push back. Uh, against any competition in the WCHA and NCAA playoffs. A loss can humble them and get them, but also get them fired up that they don't want that to happen again for the rest of the way because besides this best... uh, Three out of two in the qualifying round of the WCHA. Ohio State has to go on a streak and not lose any games if they want to win the national championship and the final faceoff. They got to go um, on a total win streak, no more losses, um, unless, of course, they get one this weekend, but I'm sure they want to sweep Bemidji in the first two games as well. So at this point in time for Ohio State, um, It was a good weekend for them. At the same time, these I I don't want to say they were meaningless in the WCHA standings, but I think the games were so important in matching up against Wisconsin, showing some great WCHA hockey. I mean, they were really fun and entertaining games to watch um, if you're just a hockey fan. Um, But I think it's also really important to see how these two teams match up and are really important to the value of both teams to see, okay, when these two teams come together, they're really close battles, um, and gives Ohio State and Wisconsin things that they know um, that if they want to try and beat each other, what to work on. Um, And for Ohio State, it can be really valuable lessons, um, especially, you know, against the, the newer players on Ohio State's team that came into the season. That's only their fourth time playing Wisconsin, understanding the rivalry. Um, and again, second WCHA loss of the season, that is going to give them a little bit more jump, uh, and want to make sure that doesn't happen again this season. Uh, and I'm sure for the players that were on the team last year and remember the feeling in that national championship game, um, where they were the runners up, they want to make sure that that doesn't happen again this year, especially if you're a senior player. For Ohio State. You know, I was talking to Janet Gardner on the podcast a few weeks ago about wanting to make sure they can get the win in her senior year and, and making sure that they can get the feeling she felt a few years ago when they won it all, not the feeling they got last year, um, which I know has to, you know, if you're playing in a season all that long and it comes down to our big rival in Wisconsin, um, you're not going to forget that game. You just but you got to try and use that as motivation to make sure it doesn't happen again. And I think Ohio State's going to use this game, uh, learn from it. It's a really good lesson, um, but also really learn from that first game. They were able to get a power play goal and get a lot of things going. There were no penalties in that second game at all. And um, if you're Ohio State, that's really good. Um, to keep things clean, uh, not take any penalties, but also to have the confidence that they could get a power play goal in that first one. I know the power play is going to be so important throughout this playoffs. Um, And, you know, if they're facing off against Wisconsin, whether it's in the final faceoff or the NCAAs, and you're on the power play... You got to make it worth it um, because these two teams are really close together. And when you're on the penalty kill against Wisconsin, you got to try and use that penalty kill to give your team momentum and some juice. And it's really important, uh, the special teams throughout everything. Um, But again, big message going into this one. Um, I think they were two valuable games for Ohio State, seeing what a win and loss against Wisconsin is like Um, and just sizing these two teams up and getting some really valuable lessons um, from that week, uh, especially because in the WCHA standings, um, it didn't have any momentum or you know any meaning in the standings wise. Um, but in trying to prepare for the playoffs, uh, I think it was a really good, valuable weekend for Ohio State. So the Buckeyes will now take on Bemidji State at OSU Rink Friday, 6 p.m. Saturday. 3 p.m. Sunday, if needed, in the best of three series will be at 3 p.m. as well. Um, All those games will be on Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio and Big Ten Plus as well. I will have the call with Cameron Moon um, on Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio on Friday night, and then I'll have it on Big Ten Plus on Saturday. But, a great cruise on Big Ten Plus and Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio for the entire series. It's going to be really good. Um, so for Ohio State, they played Bemidji the last time these two teams played. Well, they had uh, Ohio State had some great success against them. The Buckeyes winning 11-1 and 9-1. to um, when those games were at Ohio State on February 2nd and February 3rd. So the Buckeyes have some high scoring against them. Um, but I know Ohio State always likes to say throughout the playoffs that it is very hard to end a team's season because they're going to put everything on the line. is going to try and put everything out there. They're going to be very difficult. Uh, and anything in the WCHA can always happen. And, you know, Ohio State, they got to take it one series at a time. They got to take every game. Um, like um, a huge playoff game because in the playoffs, everything goes on the line, everything can happen and anything, uh, can happen. Um, and you know, whether they're eighth in the WCHA standings like Bemidji are, um, it's the WCHA. Every team is really competitive, plays hard. Um, they can have great, they do have great goaltending. Um, and you can have a goaltender playing an unbelievable game and you still got to play the right way defensively. So if the goalie's is playing well, and it's a much tighter game that you're not giving up those mistakes and you make your shots worth it, you get those quality shots, create traffic in front of the net. Um, and for Ohio State, it's just going to be playing their own game and their own habits, um, not letting their mistakes define the game, playing that fast-paced relentlessness um, that they like to call Buckeye hockey, strong on the forecheck, and spending most of the time in Bemidji zone. If they do that, they're going to be successful. Um, Turnovers and things like that could hurt um, the Buckeyes going the other way. Um, So Ohio State, if they play their game, uh, they play that Buckeye hockey, they're very strong in the puck, They're smart defensively. They're not taking a lot of penalties and, you know, strong the power play and the penalty kill and all the things like that. And they play that full 60 minutes. Then look for them to try and have some success. But Michi, again, they're going to play hard. They're going to put everything on the line. Um, Look for them to come in with some hunger uh, and desperation because their season's on the line as well. Um, So... Look for the Buckeyes to put pressure and continue to do things um, and really put it all out there as they try and book their ticket to the final faceoff and the WCHA championship in Minneapolis uh, the following weekend, um, which will be very exciting. Uh, it's going to be a great tournament. Um, but the Buckeyes are going to try and get their spot there, and if they do, if they be Bemidji, um, that they will have the number one spot in the final face-off tournament as well, winning the Julianne By Cup, um, which would get them on the lower-seeded team. Um, Anyway, so that's how it's going to work in the WCHA playoffs. Let's talk about the other series. Um, So it's going to be Wisconsin versus St. Thomas. St. Thomas had a pretty good weekend this past week. Uh, They're going to look to face off the Badgers. The Badgers, very good team as well, of course, splitting with Ohio State. Um, Look for Wisconsin to try and play their game and move on to the WCHAs. But St. Thomas coming in hot off the weekend. um, Look for them to push really hard and maybe put a challenge on Wisconsin as well. Minnesota State. Losing to St. Thomas um, this past weekend, they're going to take on the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Minnesota, they're going to try and stay at Ritter for the final faceoff and look for them to try and play their game as well. Um, And of course, standings-wise and just the way the season's gone, um, the top three seeds, that's really where um, there's much more quote-unquote favorites, if, you, if you're if looking at it um, on the paper in the standings. But again, WCHA, every team is very physical, very strong. Um, look for all the games to be physical, and look for anything to happen in the WCHAs. Uh, and of course, too, it's going to be, if I'm someone that loves women's college hockey, and I'm looking for some really good series, if you're not you know, locked in on necessarily... A favorite WCHA team. I'm looking and I'm looking for great hockey. I'm looking straight at the St. Cloud State at Minnesota Duluth series. This is going to be a great series. I think this one is going to go to three games um, unless one team comes out and really dominates. Um, Coach Brian Adolski for St. Thomas, he's looking for his team to go back to the final faceoff. They haven't been there um, in, in a little bit and Minnesota Duluth, usually that's the final face off. Ohio State, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Minnesota Duluth in the past 2 years, past 2 years I've been there, that's been the, the set of teams. And St. Cloud State's trying to break through and make a change and do something different. Um and they are a very good team. They're one of the teams that beat Ohio State this year um in the WCHA. So St. Cloud State, they play really hard and Minnesota Duluth does as well. They're a very strong defensive team. um, And I just think it's going to be a huge battle. Going to be really entertaining. And I'm excited to see how that series plays out. Again, all the WCHA playoffs are best of threes. And then in Minnesota for the WCHA final faceoff, the 25th year of the final faceoff, it's going to be single elimination in the semifinals. On Friday, and then that Saturday is going to be the finals, followed by selection Sunday. On Sunday, um, on I'm going to be on one of the ESPN networks, as it usually is. I assume it'll probably be on ESPNU. Um, but we will get more information as that comes along. So let's now move on to the men's hockey team. They played against. The Michigan State Spartans at the time, the number four team in the nation um, after Ohio State knocked off the number four team the week before as they took on the Wisconsin Badgers and swept them. Um, But now Ohio State, look, it's been pretty good for them as of late. Um, They've gone on a little bit of a roll. And it's continued to push for them and go back and forth. And the Buckeyes were able to get a 6-2 to win, a huge one on the Friday, their third game in a row against the number four team um, in the country, again, Wisconsin and then Michigan State. Um, so Michigan State opened the scoring earlier. Um, but then Sam Decca tied the game with a goal. Teams went into the first intermission, tied at one. Um, but then the Buckeyes scored the first three goals of the second um, for a 4-1 to one lead. Minnesota State got one back. And then two goals in the third period closed out the win for Ohio State. Really helped them continue to push and keep going. Um, and look, Ohio State, they've been playing as a team. They've been playing really well. Their offense, their scoring. I mean... Well, getting six goals against Michigan State is no easy feat, and Ohio State was able to do that, Um, and it just seems, you know, at the beginning of the season, this was a lot of new pieces coming together. Um, and they were trying to figure things out and get the chemistry going. And now later in the season, while that chemistry and everything, the pieces are really starting to come together. And if you're Ohio State, you're really pleased that it's coming at the right time, right before the playoffs. Um, and that's really, really big for the Ohio State men's hockey team um, to get the success at the right time. Now, they were trying to sweep. It's difficult to do that, especially on the road. They weren't able to close it out. Buckeyes dropped the second game of that series 5-2, to two. Um, and head coach Steve Rollick says, this was a disappointing loss, it was a tight game, but the five-minute major really hurt us, again, special teams was the difference, we battled hard, but you can't put yourself in that position, we need to regroup and get ready for Penn State, um, so, yeah, Ohio State, it was, Michigan State opened the scoring, and then Max Montez tied the game after forcing a turnover, um, and then Patrick Geary broke through and got the game-leading goal for Michigan State uh, after it, just a minute later, um, Ohio State was assessed a major for hitting from behind, uh, and the Spartans went to the power play for the first time. They took advantage um, with goals at 11-35 and 12-19 uh, of the second period. And look, a five-minute major, it's very difficult um, to defend that for a while, and it cost Ohio State in that game. Um, and then keep things kept going, um, and Ohio State was unable to get back. So what we've seen in these past four games, I think, for Ohio State is they have shown that they can play with some of the best teams in the Big Ten. The best teams in the Big Ten, Michigan State and Wisconsin, they're right at the top. Um, they showed, and they're going to most likely face off against Michigan State or Wisconsin in a few weeks uh, as we're entering now the final week of the Big Ten schedule. Um, Ohio State's going to most likely play against one of them. And the Buckeyes have shown that they can win games. Uh, it's a best of three. And Ohio State, they won two games against Wisconsin. If that's in two weeks' time, Ohio State's moving on to the next round. Um, it, It's that simple. And then Michigan State, they were able to get one. So if you take this series and move it on, then you go to a game three. So Ohio State showed that they can be really competitive if they play that full 60 minutes. They play together, and they're very strong on the special teams, but also they're not taking five-minute major penalties. Um, And so self-inflicted issues for Ohio State, whether it could be turnovers or bad penalties, uh, majors like in this case, that can cost the team um and can cost some games so if ohio state they clean up those self-inflicted errors uh, and not allow themselves to dig themselves in a hole ohio state has shown that they can play with the best teams in the big 10 and really be competitive in the playoffs which again i've said all season long at the end of the day it doesn't matter what you do in the regular season matters what you can do in the playoffs and if ohio state can go on a run in the big 10 playoffs Well, then maybe they can make the NCAAs. Maybe they can go on a run and win the Big Ten championship. I mean, anything can happen in the playoffs. And when you're showing that you can beat some of the best teams in the country, um, then, I mean, look, they're going to play them soon again uh, in the Big Ten tournament. And they now have the confidence that they can do it, that they can beat them. Um, And especially against Michigan State, they can do it on the road. Um, which I think is a really good um, thing for Ohio State to have the confidence. So now Ohio State, they will close out the regular season with two games first Penn State in Columbus um, this coming Friday and Saturday. The senior class will be recognized in Senior Day in Game 2. Puck drop is 6 p.m. for Game 1 and 5 p.m. for Game 2. And look, that's just going to be another big test um, for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, And that is going to be what they need to continue to work and push things as they get ready for the playoffs um, the following week. So let's now get into the Columbus Blue Jackets. Well, they had themselves... A busy week last week, they had a 5-1 loss against the LA Kings, a 7-4 win against the Anaheim Ducks in just a wild game on Wednesday. They then lost to the Buffalo Sabres 2-1 on Friday, and then an absolutely huge win, snapping the New York Rangers' 10-game win streak at Nationwide Arena on Sunday, winning that one 4-2. That was just an awesome game, Um, I think in general for everyone, if you're the Columbus Blue Jackets They had a sellout crowd. It was packed. Um, The power play was going. Dmitry Vronkov continued to go. Kirill Marchenko, Jack Roslick, and Ivan Provorov getting goals. But also, a huge spark in that game was an early fight for Matthew Olivier, taking on Matthew Rempe. And man, that was an unbelievable fight. An old-school fight, um, dropping the gloves, uh, going for a while. Matthew Olivier, you know... Definitely winning that one, um, putting Rampy on the ground, getting in a lot of shots. Um, it was a really, really um, big jolt of energy at Nationwide Arena from that fight. Um, and look, the Blue Jackets, they kept pushing, they kept going, um, and they put in a lot of effort in this game. Uh, and they're playing as a team, as head coach Pascal Vincent said. And also, they were able to shut things down defensively in the third period, which was really strong for them as well. Um and just play that whole complete game. They played that 60 minutes. Um, they were dominating, and Alvis Merzlikin's playing well um, for the Blue Jackets, too, and, you know, it was just a very fun night at Nationwide Arena. Uh, a lot of goals. The Russian line has been buzzing. Voronkov, Chinnikov, Marchenko— they are doing some great things. Um, and Alex Nylander making his Blue Jackets debut as well. We'll get to that in a second. But Merzlikin's getting, um, you know, he had to make some great saves, especially in that third period, um, which is big um, for the Blue Jackets as well. So talking about the Blue Jackets and Alex Nylander. So the Jackets did make a trade this past week. And um, the Jackets traded Emil Bemstrom. To the Pittsburgh Penguins in exchange for Alex Nylander in a conditional sixth round pick. I think it's a situation, of course, the Blue Jackets were able to get a sixth round pick, um, which could um, become something different as well. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's a situation for both teams to give players a new change of scenery, um, which I think could be good for. Both teams and the players as well. Um, So I'm interested to see how that turns out. Um, Something we didn't get to in last podcast uh, due to the outdoor news and all the other stuff that was going on in that episode, the Blue Jackets did part ways with Former general manager Jarmo Kekalainen, Um, it was a decision that was made last week, and of course, uh, right now, the interim general manager taking on those duties is president of hockey operations, John Davidson. Um, This is a move for the Blue Jackets before the trade deadline, Jarmo Kekalainen being with the team for the past 11 years, um, has been with the Blue Jackets for a long time, and now. Jackets will look for a new set of eyes um, to be the general manager and as the Blue Jackets are going through this period and have a lot of young talent and looking um, towards the future and, you know, continuing to get better uh, as a franchise as they look back to the playoffs. um, It will be a change for sure for the Columbus Blue Jackets, um, but they will continue to look, um, get those fresh eyes uh, once they name that new general manager. Um, and like I said, 11 years, Jarmo Kekleinen, he's been here for a while doing a lot of great drafting, um, made some big trades as well, um, and was here for that playoff success that the Blue Jackets had, that one playoff series, uh, When, but also by playoff success, I mean getting into consecutive playoffs as well. It's something the Blue Jackets uh, didn't have much of um, before Jarmo Kekleinen came in So um, to the Blue Jackets. So he definitely made an impact. Um, and... And I mean, 11 years, uh, that is, it's a long time, and a lot of things happened, and the Blue Jackets have uh, a lot of pieces here, uh, a lot of young talent, um, and... The next general manager is going to have a lot of young talent um, to work with uh, as the Blue Jackets continue to strive um, to get better every day and grow. Um, And a game like we just saw against the New York Rangers, it's showing that growth, how the team's playing together and that they can beat um, those big teams at the top of the NHL. Um, And it's just that consistency. Um, And with a young team right now, that's going to be the things that can continue to be worked on. Um, But a lot of young pieces and a lot of Big talent um, that is the Blue Jackets continue to grow um, it, I think they're going to do some big things I mean this Russian line right now of Marchenko Voronkov, and Chinikov, if they continue to build that chemistry they are going to be very very dangerous around the league and so are all the other young talent um, for the Blue Jackets and the big veteran pieces um, that they have as well But that's everything in the College Corner here on 614 Check. As we move on to the rapid headlines in College Corner here on 614 Check, presented by the Owen Lane, we're going to talk about the Owen Lane. The Owen Lane is the gathering place for Buckeyes, offering the best atmosphere on campus with alluring views of their custom wood-fired pizza oven and the energy of campus happenings. The Owen Lane features specialty pizzas, wings, salads, and much more. Located on West Lane Avenue, the restaurant is steps away from all Ohio State athletic venues. Go to the OonLane.com to view the menu, weekly specials, and where to book your next party. Every day is game day at the OonLane, the official sponsor of 614Check. So let's now move on to the rapid headlines and College Corner. Some different things happening in the leagues this week. Um, as in the PWHL, Taylor Heise placed on Minnesota's long term injured reserve. Abigail Boreen signed another 10 day contract uh, for PWHL Minnesota. That is a tough blow um, to Minnesota right now um, for them. And, you know, at this moment in time as well, um, we do know that Sophie Jakes and Jinsey Dunn, um, now Jinsey Rose, Um, has been named to the WCHA 20th Anniversary Top 25 team. A big congratulations um, to them as well. Um, The Blue Jackets are partnering with the Hobie Baker Memorial Award um, to make a Hobie Baker High School Award in Ohio, which is really cool. Um, We talked about Morgan Riley's suspension last week and that he was appealing it. Commissioner Gary Bettman affirmed the five-game suspension uh, and assessed Um, That suspension to the Maple Leafs defenseman, Morgan Riley, um, for that to continue. Uh, And of course, now that is over um, after the five games have um, passed. We also know that Reagan Kirk, the goaltender of the week in the WCHA for the Ohio State Buckeyes, of course, uh, and then the post uh, awards like for the entire regular season, Those will come out closer to the final face-off, of course, when it revolves around the WCHA. But that's everything in the Rapid Headlines and College Corner. Uh, Of course, Chris Chelios getting his number retired. Patrick Kane uh, going back to Chicago, getting the overtime game winner as well uh, in his return with the Detroit Red Wings. Um, But that's everything in the Rapid Headlines and College Corner. So let's now get right into the outro. (music) I hope you enjoyed episode 85 of 614 Check presented by the O1 Lane here on the Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio podcast network. Um, There was a lot to talk about and going into next week. We will recap the WCHA quarterfinals and then the final faceoff in Ohio State's if they're in there as well. We're going to be doing a big preview on their upcoming trip to Minneapolis. We'll talk about the Big Ten playoffs for Ohio State and the Blue Jackets whole week as they will get closer to the NHL trade deadline, um, which. When we talk next Tuesday, we'll be getting very, very close. Um, But that's everything from 614 Check presented by the O-On Lane this week. We'll catch you next time on episode 86. But my name is Zachary Rodier. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great rest of your week. Thanks.